welcome, Revelers. This is Off the Rails, Right versus Left, the, pod- the podcast that we do because we think the left is evil. I'm Rob B. And I'm Brad Lee. And I'm Brian G. <laughs> and we are Off the Rails, Right versus Left. Again, we're doing this show because we think everybody needs to know that the left is evil. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Off the Rails, Right versus Left. I'm Rob B. With me, as always, Brad Lee. And our local leftist sympathizer over here. Uh, we say that because he still thinks they're human, but that would be Brian G., leftist sympathizer. I don't know exactly how local he is, being how he's in Washington State and we're in Texas. None of us are, <laughs> none of us are from Alaska. Exactly local. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways our, what are you doing today rob he's our leftist sympathizer our resident leftist sympathizer anyways so today we're gonna watch uh a documentary about lord farquaad that's right anthony um so i can't wait to learn more about this douchebag and uh yeah, that's it. Like I, I, I've been interesting to interested to see this uh, documentary about him for a while. So I'm kind of excited about it. Of course, Brian, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Brian. I don't think you have either, no. right? So, no, I've seen a lot Brian, of other stuff about him in his past, but not this. Of yeah. course, of course, um, I've seen it. Of course, <laughs> I can't. I, but, I can't wait to see the documentary and see how somebody ends up being that big of a pile of shit. Hey Rob, if you've ever seen Fauci at the podium, Fauci or uh, uh, Lord Farquhar works really well because he is a short little fuck. I am oh, Lord that's, why, that's why I call him Lord Farquhar. <laughs> yeah. and, I think that's uh, Rob. Rob yeah, saying he's, that because he's compensating for something. <laughs> okay, Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> then that, that's where you hey, got I'm it Shrek. from. Hey, hey, I'm Shrek. Don't oh, start right. switching on us here. <laughs> that's donkey that's why he wants the donkey show so bad <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to play with them <laughs> oh, shit, donkey well we did, make, we did make one show without bringing up a donkey show so yeah. we gotta make up for it <laughs> caribou show anyway <laughs> so uh, reindeer yeah so uh, again, before we get into the, the show, everybody, make sure that you subscribe, make sure that you like, make sure that you comment, chat with us, um, let us know what you're thinking. We're always going to reply. Um, if you want to uh, shoot an email out to us directly, it's O-T-R-R-B-L at Yahoo.com. Um, you know, we're happy to hear from you. We're happy to talk to you guys. Uh, if you want to come on the show, you can come on. Whether you agree with us, disagree with us, everybody has a voice on our show. That's right. So, but make sure to subscribe and like and hit everybody five stars. You're on the platform where you rate. Um, Unfortunately, this stream will not be coming to YouTube, so you will only be able to catch us on iTunes, Rumble, Anchor, Spotify, basically places that allow free speech and awesome content. So if we do have something to say about 
you know what? We're going to call it the Voldemort virus. <laughs> um, well, you can say whatever yeah. you want. You can say the coronavirus now because we're not doing YouTube on this one. Well, I, I'm going to put it up and see how fast we get strict. <laughs> I, I, I want to see how fast they yank us. <laughs> oh, all right. Maybe they won't. If they won't, then that would be awesome. But hey, it would be it would be awesome if they don't yank us. But yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and put the watch party on YouTube. It just might I'm not, not be no very breath. long, so uh, we're gonna have to at that point redirect to uh, Rumble. Oh, I do also want to say, you guys, if you can't watch the entire show on here. You can always check us out on Spotify or on um, uh, Apple Podcasts. We're on both of them. Just type in off the rails, right versus left. We'll pop right up. All right. Well, with that being said, this is a three-part series, so hopefully we can finish them all tonight. I don't think they're that long of series. So with that, let's hit it. Thanks to the Daily Wire for allowing us to share content. Uh, always great content. I recommend, highly recommend that you guys subscribe to the Daily Wire and get this content because we're not going to be able to show you all of it. I mean, if we did, that would probably take us the whole rest of the year <laughs> every other Friday. So uh, here we go. This is uh, the trial run, Fauci Unmasked. Anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor. So if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, what well, was easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science. I represent science. Anyone who looks carefully at the federal government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic will indeed find an anti-science flavor to it. But that antipathy towards science didn't come from the government's critics. It came from Dr. Anthony Fauci, who consistently contradicted himself, concealed information, and often told outright lies. You said there was pushback. Yeah. Where did that pushback come no, from? No, it wasn't. That was the wrong choice of words. As 15 Days to Slow the Spread enters into its third year, it's easy to forget that the government's response to the COVID-19 pandemic was not always one of caution and fear. In the early days of the epidemic, many politicians, particularly politicians in the Democrat Party, threw caution to the wind. The American people need to have a president who is going to act rationally about it. But we do want to say to people, come to Chinatown, here we are. These glib dismissals of the threat posed by the novel coronavirus leaking out of China were not merely being spouted by uninformed politicians. They were also the official position of Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease official. Although Dr. Fauci would go on to become the leading voice for alarm amid the pandemic, in the early days of COVID, Dr. Fauci downplayed the threat. Um, bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? This is not a major threat for the people in the United States, and this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. Clear as day. But then, a month later, something strange happened. There should be universal wearing of masks. There should be the extent possible social distancing, avoiding crowds, outdoors always better than indoors, and being a From his perch at the helm of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, Dr. Fauci had amassed a great deal of prestige and influence over the years. 
In 2008, President George Bush awarded Dr. Fauci the Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor. From 1983 to 2002, Fauci was the 13th most cited scientist in the world, across all disciplines, among nearly three million authors, according to the Institute for Scientific Information. When Fauci spoke, people listened. The confines of transmissibility now going to be loosening up and broadening up. In essence, AIDS is a difficult disease to catch. You can't isolate yourself from the rest of the world for the whole flu season. I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see. Whatever it takes to do that, that's what I'd like to see. We will do what the establishment media have refused to do. We will give you an unvarnished look at the career of the most powerful politician in America. This man didn't amass all this power overnight. He had several test runs over the decades. The best scientists do not become administrators. The best scientists stay in the labs. the conclusion that author Bruce Nussbaum came to. In his 1990 study of the federal government's failure to effectively fight the AIDS epidemic, Nussbaum's criticism applied to the entire government-run public health apparatus. But he was referring to one bureaucrat in particular. What I'd like to do is discuss with you a topic which I'm sure all of you are aware of and that is the subject of the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome because it really is one of the only subjects where you really have to change your lecture every month dr anthony fauci may have been in bruce nussbaum's words a lackluster scientist but he has always been a masterful politician who first came to public prominence in 1984 when he took over the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Fauci's true vocation, the author observed, was not science, but empire building. Fauci had risen to the helm of the NIAID just three years after doctors first noticed a deadly illness spreading among homosexual men in New York, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. To isolate this, as you see here, the causative agent of, H of, of AIDS. Just last year, Fauci told a reporter from The Guardian, my career and my identity has really been defined by HIV. The American people first got to know Dr. Fauci as the government's public face on the AIDS epidemic. Cover story tonight, we'll talk with a leading scientist about his work in AIDS research. His fame from that period helped to justify his outsized influence over the government's COVID response four decades later. Larry Kramer, co-founder of the Gay Men's Health Crisis, observed that in order to make an appointment with Dr. Fauci, one did not call his secretary or his personal assistant, but rather his press officers, quote, who book talks and interviews like movie stars. Much like today, at the height of the AIDS epidemic, the most dangerous place in America was the space between Dr. Fauci and a TV camera. 
it gives me a great deal of pleasure and excitement to, to, to talk about AIDS. As HIV and AIDS spread around the country, there were two distinct ways to fight the epidemic, vaccines or therapeutic treatment. With limited resources, the federal government could either focus on drugs that would suppress the virus and transform it from a terminal illness into a chronic disease, or focus on finding a vaccine that would prevent you from contracting the virus in the first place. Fauci, an immunologist by training, took the vaccine approach. Dr. Anthony Fauci is hopeful that the answer to this dreaded disease may be in sight. I believe now that we have the agent in hand that the amount of effort and energy that's being put into it by biomedical sciences that within a reasonable period of time we'll have a lot of these answers. Well it's certainly nice to know that the future looks brighter. It's been nearly four decades since nice Fauci started searching anything. for a vaccine and we still don't have one. Nevertheless, AIDS has gone from a death sentence to a perfectly manageable illness. Yeah, it only took 20 years. But that happy turn of events did not happen because of Dr. Fauci. If anything, the United States got AIDS under control in spite of him. By 1987, more than a million Americans had been infected by HIV. And yet the government had failed to produce a single drug treatment. As Nussbaum noted in 1990, Fauci barely survived. And even then, only by handing over control of the government's only AIDS drug trial program to a pharmaceutical company. Dr. Tony Fauci, director of the National... Guys like Fauci get up there and start talking. You know, he doesn't know anything really about anything. And I'd say that to his face. Nothing. During the first few years of Fauci's tenure at the helm of NIAID, the public health guru had spent $374 million on AIDS treatment research, with little, if anything, to show for it. Larry Kramer berated him as an incompetent idiot who had established only a system of waste, chaos, and uselessness. Sounds like he knew who he was talking about. Thanks to help from the private sector, the government finally came out with a single drug, azetothymidine, or AZT, to treat the illness. The FDA approved the drug on March 19, 1987. It was heralded as a breakthrough and the light at the end of the tunnel and the agency approved it faster than any other drug up until that point in U.S. history. And the drug came with a hefty price tag, roughly $8,000 per patient per year, $17,000 inflation adjusted. Still, who can put a price on one's own life? If it worked, it was worth it. And AZT did seem to work, at least at first. The patients taking it soon began to increasing levels of the virus. Actually, they began to show increasing levels of a new, more virulent virus, which had mutated to resist the drug. More troubling still, the drug itself was extremely toxic. Yet despite warnings that AZT should only be used as a last-ditch effort to save AIDS patients on the brink of death, Dr. Fauci pushed to expand prescription. In 1989, the government announced that a full 1.4 million Americans living with HIV even those without any symptoms, could benefit from taking the drug. Fauci claimed that two years of studies clearly shown that early use of AZT 
would help to keep AIDS at bay. But Spin Magazine, which had taken particular interest in the government's work on AIDS, and in Anthony Fauci in particular, couldn't seem to track down a copy of the much-touted study. In fact, when Spin requested the data from the NIH, the government scientists told them that the study was still being written. In the case of AZT's effectiveness, the government had been relying on some questionable numbers. Dr. Joseph Sonnebent, who died in January of 2021, was a major AIDS researcher from the earliest days of the epidemic. In fact, he was one of the first physicians to notice the disease among his gay male patients. And Dr. Fauci himself described Sonnebent as one of the true soldiers in the war against HIV, a model for a real translation of care to the patient. And Dr. Sonnebend vigorously criticized the government's approach to AZT under Fauci's leadership. It's terribly dishonest the way they portrayed those numbers, Sonnebend believed. Worse still, AIDS patients, including those showing few, if any, symptoms, had for years been prescribed high doses of the toxic drug. Some activists even suggested prescribing it to uninfected people if they happened to be at risk. A French study published in The Lancet in December of 1988 found that AZT was too toxic for most people, had no lasting effect on HIV levels in the blood, and left patients with fewer T4 cells than they had started with. Gene Fedorko, the president of health education AIDS liaison, considered the government's support for mass prescription madness. I am absolutely convinced, he said, that people enjoy a better quality of life and survive longer who do not take AZT. I think it's horrible the way people are bullied by their doctors to take this drug. We get people coming to us shaking and crying because their doctors said they'll die if they don't take AZT. That is an absolute lie. Prominent AIDS activist Michael Callan put it in more personal terms. I wouldn't take AZT if you paid me. I've gotten the SHIT kicked out of me for saying this, but I think using AZT is like aiming a thermonuclear warhead at a mosquito. In May of 1983, in an editorial alongside a peer-reviewed article in the Journal of the American Medical Association, Dr. Fauci suggested that routine close contact, as within a family household, can spread the disease, hypothesizing, if indeed the latter is true, then AIDS takes on an entirely new dimension. As we're seeing virtually as the months go by, other groups that can be involved and, and seeing it in children is really quite disturbing. When you say other close contact, give me some examples. Well, for example, if, if the close contact of a child is a household contact, perhaps there will be a certain number of cases of individuals who are just living with and in close contact with someone with AIDS or at risk of AIDS who does not necessarily have to have uh, intimate sexual contact or share a needle, but just the ordinary close contact that one sees. With hindsight, we know that Fauci's suggestion was not true. He went on to admit this himself the following year in another peer-reviewed journal, the Annals of Internal Medicine. There is no evidence, Fauci then wrote, that the acquired immunodeficiency syndrome can be transmitted by routine household or social contact. So where had he gotten the idea in the first place? Fauci has never said, because no such evidence existed. 
as the Journal of the American Medical Association tacitly admitted by publishing a letter from two physicians after Fauci had made the first claim. It is too early, the doctors wrote, to suggest that AIDS is acquired by household contact without substantial evidence to support such a claim. It was indeed too early for responsible scientists, but it was not too early for Dr. Fauci, who made the implausible and sensationalist claim that our experience suggests that children living in high-risk households are susceptible to AIDS and that sexual contact, drug abuse, or exposure to blood products is not necessary for disease transmission. As would be his habit decades later, Dr. Fauci rushed to the press, took both sides of the issue with enough speculative language to give him cover later on, and never apologized for getting it wrong. As would happen decades later, the press rushed to print whatever unsubstantiated sensationalism dripped from Fauci's lips. Household contacts can transmit AIDS, one nationally syndicated report read in May of 1983. Does AIDS spread by routine contact? Asked the Associated Press, quoting Fauci. Even the New York Times raised the question of household transmission, relying on Fauci's expertise. When other public health authorities, including President Ronald Reagan, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Margaret Heckler, suggested that there was no evidence that the general population was threatened by AIDS, few people believed her. Even conservative stalwart Pat Buchanan turned on Reagan's health secretary, quoting Dr. Fauci's editorial as evidence in a column that was entered into the congressional record. In Buchanan's defense, he was quoting the man everyone believed to be the nation's foremost expert on the virus. It just happened to be the case that the expert, who seemed so confident, was totally wrong. Now, Fauci had already begun to walk back his claims in June of 1983, less than two months after his JAMA article. It is absolutely preposterous to suggest that AIDS can be contracted through normal social contact, like being in the same room with someone or sitting on a bus with them, he told the Baltimore Sun. The poor gays have received a very raw deal on this. Fauci maintained that children could spread the virus in ordinary household interactions. He defended the poor gays, but not the poor children. Just as yeah. we would see decades later during his handling of the COVID uh, beginning of the AIDS epidemic, I remember like the paranoia about getting AIDS from uh, drinking fountain, like that. A drinking fountain? Get yeah, reaching yeah. into the cereal box. I, they had a Captain Planet the- on it. I just, I just remember that, like, clearly, I was probably, we were, like, what, six, seven, eight, somewhere in there? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we knew that that was dipshit, uh, like, came up with that shit, I didn't even know that. We got two minutes and 42 seconds left of this episode, so. Yeah, there was fear of just being near them. Yeah. Dr. Fauci tailored his medical statements to political considerations. One of the most disconcerting aspects of the government's efforts to fight AIDS involved children, specifically foster children enlisted in drug trials funded by the NIH and Fauci's NIAID. 
Investigations that took place decades later discovered that the children enrolled in these studies often were not afforded a personal health advocate during the trials. The children suffered painful side effects from the experiments, including rashes, vomiting, and sharp drops in infection-fighting blood cells. In one study, at least 10 children died, four from blood poisoning. According to authorities at the time, the deaths did not appear directly attributable to the drug that was being tested, but were nonetheless disturbing. To this day, researchers have not explained why overall mortality among children receiving that drug in the trial was significantly higher. More shocking than any of these particular scandals, the misplaced priorities, the reckless press declarations, even the experimentation on wards of the state, is the way in which Fauci has survived all of these episodes unscathed. Fauci's uncanny ability to flit from failure to failure with the public none the wiser would reach its apex in the years after the AIDS crisis had died down, when Dr. Fauci would set the stage for the global coronavirus pandemic that he would come to take credit for curing. Dr. Fauci has been in power for a long, long time. How much longer can he cling to power? Wow. Rob, you there or what? What happened? Did we lose him? I don't know. I see he's muted. Yeah, he's muted. Yeah, Fauci has been around way, way too long. He he got it wrong with AIDS. He held us back with AIDS. Now he got it wrong with COVID, and he's held us back with COVID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's funny how, like, these bureaucrats can absolutely repeatedly fail up. Yeah, that's, I mean, dude, like, I don't remember, I just remember the name Fauci better than I do, but I do remember the the AIDS pandemic and all the the, the crap that came along with it. Yeah, I'm a late 70s, 80s kid, so I went through all that. I, I, I remember it very, very well. Yeah, he's a, dude, uh, he got it so wrong back then. Why did Trump even think of trusting him? That was a big well, mistake. I will say that's kind of always, that always was a problem with Trump's. Like, I mean, it's hard to hear you. Well, he's huh? It's hard to hear it's like you. It's hard to hear you. It's like you're in a cave. Hear me now? Hello? Can you hear me? There, there that's better. There you go. That's much better. Okay. So, um, what I find, like, Trump kind of all the way through, like, I mean, he did pick good business people for a lot of the stuff. Um, but when it came to stuff like the bureaucracies and all of that, like, he didn't get rid of the swamp creatures because he didn't really know how anything worked. Right. Yeah. So, and so that was always a weakness of his. That's why, that's why I said when like, I was kind of like making the argument for DeSantis over Trump, like Mm -hmm. 
I have no doubt in my mind that DeSantis would get rid of a douchebag like that. I hope. I don't know. We'll, well find you know, out. I mean, I've been arguing. He, he might be an establishment guy, Trump, too. It's time for Trump to go away. Yeah, I wouldn't count him out yet, though. No, he'll fight till the end. Oh, yeah. So, anyways, all right. So, the next one is uh, concocting a crisis. I don't understand. You know, Trump was alive. He was alive for this crap with Fauci. Why? He should He should have known. Can't tell me he didn't okay, know about. We were the... alive for for it. Did we really like, as being not into the scientific community? Did we like know who Fauci was? Well, Trump wasn't the same age as we were when we were going through it. Well, no, but, but he was my a businessman, is... not in the scientific community. Right, and my point is, all these places he was speaking was primarily like scientific organizations and stuff. You know what I mean? Well, so he was he talking on TV about it. And he wasn't the only person talking on TV about it. However, the media did the same thing with Fauci back then that they did with him now. If you spoke out against Fauci, it was pushed off to the side. They didn't pay any attention to it. Media ran cover. Yeah. And you got to think that Trump at least knew something about that. Yeah, I mean, I the guy's know. not stupid. I mean, he knows how to do his research. Yeah, I don't understand why he didn't fire Fauci like at the very beginning. But anyways. Yeah, right. As soon as, he, as soon as he flip-flopped from the masks don't work to masks work, I would have been like, I'm sorry, dude. And then dude, when you he, need to wear two or three masks or four. Yeah, and then when he was talking about uh, HCQ and ivermectin not having anything, all of a sudden they, they just attacked, attacked, attacked on that. I'm like, what? Something ain't right. Well, and then, and then the, the, yeah, I don't know. We're just, I, I just, I don't get like how this guy like stuck around. Like, how do these uh, liberal twits always manage to get everything wrong and then get a better position? Right. And Fauci is just a snake, a total snake. Like, he's evil. I, I just don't get it. All right. So we're going to go into, Episode two, concocting a crisis. All right, let's do it. At our C-SPAN table right now, we're joined by Dr. Anthony Fauci. Welcome. Good to be here. We hear from a physician in Durham, North Carolina. Good morning. Hi, good morning, Dr. Fauci. You've been at the NIH a pretty long time, and it seems to me that during your tenure, our ability to control infectious diseases hasn't improved, but in fact worsened. Don't you think it's time that you step down and let someone else who has a more effective message? <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> Fauci is all about Fauci. He loves being the headline. It's his ego. Those are the words of Jonathan Fishbein, a medical safety expert and NIH whistleblower who nearly lost his career for exposing government and scientific misconduct on Dr. Anthony Fauci's watch. According to journalist Celia Farber, who has covered Dr. Fauci and NIAID since the 1980s, Fishbein's big problem is that he thought his job was legit. Fishbein took medical ethics seriously. But, according to Farber, his personal virtues were all fatal character flaws within the NIAID institutional culture. 
I'm concerned about a lack of compliance on the part of many investigators, and I'm concerned about the lack of oversight from the federal government, particularly the NIH, in making sure that rules are followed. In 2004, officials at the Division of AIDS strategized on how to fire Fishbein without any political blowback for the man at the top, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Edmund Tremont, the chief of the division, ordered a colleague to figure out how to oust the troublesome Fishbein. Tony will not want anything to come back on us, Tremont warned. So we are going to have to have ironclad documentation, no sense of harassment or unfairness, and, like other personnel actions, this is going to take some work. Unfortunately for Fauci, Fishbein's firing did not sit well with the public and their elected representatives. Calls soon began to mount for an investigation. The NIH reacted to this outcry by insisting that Fishbein had been fired for poor job performance. But that excuse fell flat when it came to light that the Institute had recommended that he receive a cash performance bonus just weeks before his firing. After a protracted legal battle and two years of federal and congressional investigations, the NIH finally backtracked and reinstated Fishbein. We've seen a lot of government and scientific misconduct firsthand over the past two years. Flip-flops, false promises, outright lies, cover-ups. Two years into 15 days to slow the spread, we still don't have solid answers to the most basic questions about the pandemic. Simple questions like, do the face masks actually protect people? How exactly do the vaccines work? Why are we still living according to the diktats of a handful of public health officials, and really just one bureaucrat in particular, Dr. Anthony Fauci? Unfortunately, during his four-decade reign in public health policy, Dr. Fauci has proven himself to be a master of obfuscation, of avoiding difficult questions. Investigations into Dr. Fauci's competence and ethics have frequently gone nowhere. And on the rare occasions when a whistleblower has looked a little too closely into Fauci's affairs, the powerful bureaucrat has managed to send such troublesome people packing. The confines of transmissibility now going to be loosening up and broadening up. In essence, AIDS is a difficult disease to catch. You can't isolate yourself from the rest of the world for the whole flu season. I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see. Whatever it takes to do that, that's what I'd like to see. For decades, scandal has been not the exception, but the rule at Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. In 1991, the Office of Government Ethics investigated Dr. Fauci's NIAID for ethical violations pertaining to government employees moonlighting in private industry without proper oversight. The investigation concluded that some activities appeared to be approved without adequate documentation. And Fauci's malfeasance extended far beyond America's national borders. In January 2002, after the FDA had threatened to send inspectors to investigate reports of ethical violations in an AIDS study conducted by NIAID in Uganda, the German pharmaceutical giant Boehringer Ingelheim sent its own investigators with a promise to share the findings with the agency. Boehringer concluded 
that Fauci's study was in serious non-compliance with FDA regulations, including failure to disclose serious risks to the study participants. So here's me, it's a doc, you can't see it, making rounds in a hospital in Kampala, these African doctors were me in 1981. In an effort to stave off a formal FDA investigation, Fauci's NIAID hired a private consulting group, Westat, to compile their own report on the study. But Westat's conclusions were just as damning as Boehringer's. In some ways, they were worse. The inspectors uncovered a loss of critical records at the Kampala study site, including a ledger that had logged the injuries and deaths suffered by study participants. A couple of years later, in 2004, an internal NIH review described Fauci's AIDS research team as managers who seemed unaware of the need for appropriate behavior, decorum, and enforcement of good management practices and rules of supervision. In 2005, an Associated Press review discovered that Fauci's agency had funded research that tested AIDS drugs on hundreds of foster children. At least 10 children died, and while the researchers refused to attribute the deaths directly to the drug they were testing, they had to admit that overall mortality while receiving the study drug was significantly higher, and that this finding remains unexplained. While such unexplained deaths, and missing records about those deaths, raise troubling questions about Dr. Fauci's ethics and leadership, most of the scandals that have occurred on the celebrity bureaucrat's watch revolve around a more prosaic subject. Cold, hard cash. There are going to be resources that are going to have to be forthcoming to be able to implement the kinds of things that I think are going to be needed. In 2003, Dr. Fauci redirected $117 million away from infectious disease research toward the development of a new anthrax vaccine. The following year, Fauci directed a whopping $5.6 billion appropriation for bioterrorism research as part of Project BioShield, which was, at that time, the largest single-issue spend in NIH history. Project BioShield is a three-pronged program it increases the authorities and flexibilities of the NIH to expedite research. It establishes a secure funding source to purchase countermeasures, and it establishes an FDA emergency use authorization. Still, despite all those billions of dollars, four years later, the government pulled the plug on the project. Fauci had failed to develop a new anthrax vaccine, and later even echoed the concerns of his critics, who believed the project was a waste of money that directed attention away from other more urgent threats to the public. At the end of the day, Fauci finally admitted, you're not going to kill as many people in an anthrax attack as you would if you blasted off a couple of car bombs in Times Square. If you put your money with smallpox vaccine, this vaccine, that vaccine, while you're doing that, you should be pushing for something that's more broad. And that gets under the category of the basic research as well as the applied... Spending the money that you can is how use. government bureaucrats protect their power and positions. In business, a CEO might be rewarded for saving money on fruitless endeavors and reinvesting those funds in more profitable enterprises. In administrative government, saving money just means you get your budget cut. 
So after Fauci's failure to develop a vaccine to fight AIDS, and after his failure to develop a new vaccine to fight anthrax, the politically savvy bureaucrats spent the following decade promoting wild goose chase after wild goose chase to further enhance his influence and power. In 2005, Dr. Fauci warned the world of an imminent, devastating bird flu pandemic. So when you have what's going on in Southeast Asia, there's still the potential for there being a very serious public health catastrophe. How can you respond to the worst case scenario? So I think that's what you're seeing right now. Most public health experts agree, Fauci wrote in a paper, that it is only a matter of time before another catastrophic influenza epidemic occurs, and it certainly will occur in the 21st century. This imminent threat, it seemed, required more urgent funding for Dr. Fauci. And the dreaded bird flu did arrive that very year. But the results were not quite so dire as Dr. Fauci had predicted. By May of 2006, the World Health Organization estimated that the bird flu had killed just 100 people worldwide. Good news for the world, bad news for Fauci's credibility. A few years later, in 2009, Fauci's infectious disease team again began to warn of a new, devastating pandemic, this time caused by swine flu. This type of flu can be very, very dangerous, especially to young people. And diagnoses began to skyrocket. Colleges all across the country are starting to take some extraordinary precautions. Sensational headlines began to appear in print about hundreds of college students at a single university coming down with the flu at the same time. But in October of that year, CBS investigative journalist Cheryl Atkison made a startling discovery. If you've been diagnosed with probable or presumed 2009 H1N1 or swine flu in recent months, you may be surprised to know this. The odds are you didn't have H1N1 flu. In fact, you probably didn't have flu at all. Despite the pandemics allegedly raging around the country, in late July of 2009, American public health officials stopped counting individual cases. CBS filed a Freedom of Information request to try to figure out why the public health bureaucracy had shut down testing. They wouldn't answer Freedom of Information requests that we filed. They wouldn't answer questions that we posed to them. And we approached Dr. Frieden, who had CDC at an unrelated news conference, to confront him about this lack of information. What can we do to get that information released to us? Your office has stopped communicating with us. I am aware of the issue. Once we are comfortable in that, we will be happy to release it to you. I do not know whether that will be today or not. While waiting for those numbers, Atkinson contacted all 50 states, asking for their state lab-confirmed swine flu tests. She discovered that most cases turned out to be negative. All this meant, in Atkinson's words, that with most cases diagnosed solely on symptoms and risk factors, the H1N1 flu epidemic may seem worse than it is. Wolfgang Vodarg, a German physician and politician who served as chairman of the Health Committee at the Council of Europe, went so far as to accuse public health officials and pharmaceutical companies of exaggerating the risks of the pandemic in order to sell vaccines, calling the response one of the greatest medicine scandals of the century. Again, the lower-than-expected death count was good news for the world, bad news for the credibility of public health officials, particularly of those in charge of infectious disease policy. 
Seven years later, in 2016, Dr. Fauci found a new pandemic to worry about. An outbreak of Zika virus, discovered in Brazil, allegedly threatened to explode in the United States, causing, among other things, devastating birth defects in the babies of infected pregnant women. While Dr. Fauci waited for Congress to give him hundreds of millions of dollars to research Zika, the nation's leading infectious disease official announced that he would divert funds from malaria, influenza, and tuberculosis research to develop a Zika vaccine. Fortunately, the great Zika virus threat never really materialized in the United States, which is a very good thing, because a 2017 report from the Government Accountability Office found that the U.S. public health system was unprepared on virtually every front, lacking a reliable record of case numbers and a clear understanding of how the virus transmitted from mothers to children. The measurement of any public health official's effectiveness is public health. Do people get sicker or healthier on a leader's watch? The proof of the pudding is in the tasting. Unfortunately, under the leadership of Dr. Fauci, the public health problems that it has been his job to fix have only gotten worse. Fear-mongering, financial mismanagement, addictions, few positive health results, and even fewer consequences have been Dr. Fauci's modus operandi for decades. So how has he skirted responsibility for such a steady record of failure? Some of it probably has to do with Fauci's knack for political maneuvering. Some of it might have to do with his eagerness and ability to communicate directly with the public through any media platform that will have him. And some of it might just have to do with Dr. Fauci's willingness to do just about anything to maintain power, even when that means lying to Congress. On May 12, 2021, well over a year into the COVID-19 pandemic that had led politicians effectively to shut down the world, Senator Rand Paul accused Dr. Fauci of funding the same type of research thought to have caused the pandemic at the very same institute from which the virus is thought to have escaped. That type of research is called gain-of-function research, and it involves giving an organism a new property or enhancing an existing property. In layman's terms, it means beefing up something that already exists in nature a virus, for instance, to make it more potent, perhaps more deadly, perhaps more transmissible to humans. Sounds dangerous, and it is. So dangerous, in fact, that the U.S. government placed a moratorium on the research in 2014, a ban that was eventually lifted just two years before the COVID-19 pandemic shut down the world. Dr. Fauci denied any wrongdoing. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding Senator Paul, of the lab with due respect, you are entire, entirely and completely incorrect. The NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function Government research. scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Dr. Fauci's denial turned out to be a lie. As documents obtained by The Intercept through a Freedom of Information request demonstrate, the NIH did, in fact, support the research. Not only had it supported the research, but it supported the research in Wuhan, where COVID-19 began. On May 27, 2014, 
Dr. Fauci awarded a grant of $666,000 for the study of bat coronaviruses, research which involved gain of function at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The grant was for a project that extended from 2014 through 2019, despite the gain of function moratorium from 2014 through 2017. In the words of Richard Ebright, professor of chemistry and chemical biology at Rutgers University, the documents make it clear that assertions by the NIH director, Francis Collins, and the NIAID director, Anthony Fauci, that the NIH did not support gain-of-function research are untruthful. The NIH attempted to exculpate itself by redefining the term gain-of-function itself, arguing that only research conducted with the explicit intent to make organisms more virulent falls within that category. Gain-of-function meaning taking a virus that could infect humans and making it either more transmissible and or pathogenic to humans. Not only was Fauci's claim before Congress a lie, it was also incoherent. First, he denied that Dr. Ralph Barrick, a leading gain-of-function researcher, had engaged in gain-of-function research. Then, in the same breath, he argued that the gain-of-function research that Dr. Barrick had engaged in was perfectly fine and took place in North Carolina, not Wuhan, China. In reality, neither contention was true. Dr. Barrick had partnered closely with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, specifically with Dr. Shi Zhengli, the director of the Center for Emerging Infectious Diseases at the Wuhan Institute. The two published a paper together about their research titled, A SARS-like Cluster of Circulating Bat Coronaviruses Shows Potential for Human Emergence. The research, which began before the government's moratorium on gain-of-function research, renewed debate over the risky technique, as even Dr. Barrick admitted in his paper. The potential to prepare for and mitigate future outbreaks must be weighed against the risk of creating more dangerous pathogens. We uh, had a big scare with SARS-CoV-1 back in 2002-2003. That particular virus unquestionably went from a bat to an intermediate host to start an epidemic and a pandemic that resulted in 8,000 cases and close to 800 deaths. Fauci himself understood the immense risks posed by this kind of research, and therefore he was willing to gamble with the public health, as he explained in an article in 2012. In an unlikely but conceivable turn of events, what if that scientist becomes infected with the virus, which leads to an outbreak and ultimately triggers a pandemic? Scientists working in this field might say, as indeed I have said, that the benefits of such experiments and the resulting knowledge outweigh the risks. Within the research community, many have expressed concern that important research progress could come to a halt just because of the fear that someone somewhere might attempt to replicate these experiments sloppily. This is a valid concern. A valid concern, but the potential benefits outweigh the risks. So Fauci funded the research. And not only did Fauci fund this risky research, despite his testimony to the contrary, but the NIH also funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You've got to go where the action is. So I often say somewhat tongue-in-cheek, you don't want to study bats in Fairfax County, Virginia, to find out what the animal-human interface is that might lead to a jumping of species. 
So we had a modest collaboration with very respectable Chinese scientists who are world experts on coronavirus. So in case you lost track, Dr. Fauci first said he didn't fund this kind of research. Then it came out that he did. Then he insinuated that he hadn't funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Then it came out that he did. Then finally, he insisted that the funds sent to the Wuhan Institute of Virology had not been used for gain-of-function research. Can you guess what happened next? In a letter to Congressman James Comer on October 20th, 2021, the NIH admitted that it had, in fact, funded gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The NIH blamed its previous denial just three months earlier on EcoHealth Alliance, the nonprofit through which it had funded the Wuhan Institute. According to the NIH, EcoHealth President Peter Daszak had failed to report the gain of function. But, NIH went on, the public health authorities were confident that this research on bat coronaviruses at the institute where the pandemic began could not in any way have led to the pandemic. In 2018, Peter Daszak and EcoHealth applied to the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, better known as DARPA, for a $14 million grant to partner with the Wuhan Institute and construct SARS-related bat coronaviruses into which they could insert human-specific cleavage sites to evaluate growth potential of the pathogens. DARPA rejected the proposal because it considered the gain-of-function research too risky. Too risky for DARPA, perhaps, but not too risky for Dr. Fauci. As Vanity Fair reported in October of 2021, one distinctive segment of SARS-CoV-2's genetic code is a furin cleavage site that makes the virus more infectious by allowing it to efficiently enter human cells. Jamie Metzl, a former executive vice president of the Asia Society and member of the World Health Organization's Advisory Committee on Human Genome Editing, found the coincidence just a little too strange. Observing, if I applied for funding to paint Central Park purple and was denied, but then a year later we woke up to find Central Park painted purple, I'd be a prime suspect. That grant proposal was uncovered by a group of independent (laughs) journalists who call themselves Drastic, the decentralized radical autonomous search team investigating COVID-19. Gilles Dumanoff, a data scientist from New Zealand and member of the Drastic Coalition, summed up the opinion of so many who have followed Dr. Fauci's dissembly. I cannot be sure, he said, that the pandemic originated from a research-related accident or infection from a sampling trip. But I am 100% sure that there was a massive cover-up. New virus never been seen before. This coming an unprecedented outbreak. Contain the outbreak. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Fauci is a snake. The worst. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe that he was freaking experimenting with the AIDS drugs on on kids? 
Like, yeah, I can believe it. Man, I can believe like, that dude. Okay, how come nobody freaked out about that? But then when they found out that he was letting uh, sand fleas eat beagle faces, the whole world went up in arms. Because but nobody less, cared about the orphans. Friends, so they children. They want them murdered in the womb. Why would they care about some kid yep. being tested? That's a good point. That's a very valid point. But they care more about puppies than they do orphaned children. Oh, well, they didn't have a family anyways, I guess. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts, Brian? What are you? Uh, Same thoughts I've had about Fauci for a long time. He's just a sick, twisted guy who wants power and is willing to do whatever it takes to get it. And he changes his tune, not to science, but to whatever the political whim is so he can get what he wants. Are you learning anything off of this, though? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm learning too much because I've known a lot about his past before. Uh, I didn't realize how depth he went into the AIDS epidemic just because I was so young when that was going on. I mean, I was 10, 11, 12, where I wasn't really paying much attention to who was in charge. But but he is definitely, I mean... It sounds like he was just in almost as in depth into the AIDS as he is Corona. And, and it's just, yeah, it's just the same thing over and over again with him. Yeah. He just wants money, fame, and power. So, all right. So this last one is I am science It's 29, 42 long, 29 minutes of 42 seconds long. So shall we get into it? Let's do it. All right. Try to stay awake. <laughs> Dude, Rob Dude, I, fro- Rob froze in that last one. Like, his arm was up for, like, half of the show. I was like, Dude, oh, yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Nice. Oh, that, oh, that's, it froze it when uh, I closed the screen to get some charge real quick. Uh, but you could still hear it? <coughs> yeah. All right. All right, here we go. Yeah. I, all right. Floors will shut. We are at war. It's described as apocalyptic. The virus is still moving fast across the globe. You can hear the screams. Incrementally getting more terrifying. A quarter have tested positive. 194 new cases today alone. It's on the verge of declaring a state of emergency. Every bed is basically filled. I want to mention that makeshift morgue is here. Passengers are So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. We need to see people. Policies we have all lived under for two years now have reordered our society and damaged our lives. In practice, these policies have meant bankruptcy, stagnation and isolation. Everything I own is being taken away from me. Over the past two years, we have seen an enormous increase in anxiety and depression, particularly among young people, in drug overdoses, and in suicide. Since the pandemic began, new encampments are popping up all across... We've had to live under these policies, we are told, because we must follow the science. And the science, we are told, has a face. The face of Dr. Anthony Fauci.
The confines of transmissibility now going to be loosening up and broadening up. In essence, AIDS is a difficult disease to catch. You can't isolate yourself from the rest of the world for the whole flu season. I would like to see a dramatic diminution of the personal interaction that we see. Whatever it takes to do that, that's what I'd like to see. Although Dr. Fauci would go on to become the leading voice for alarm amid the pandemic, in the early days of COVID, Dr. Fauci downplayed the threat. Bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? This is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. In an interview with the editorial board of USA Today, Dr. Fauci called the threat from the virus minuscule. I don't think people should be frightened. I mean, uh, the, the risk right now, today, currently, is really relatively low for the American public. But he mocked people who are worrying about going to a Chinese restaurant and insisted that the real threat that season came not from the new virus surging in China, but from the flu. Be more concerned about influenza, which is going into a second peak for the season, than coronavirus. But keep Fauci showed particular scorn for the trend then beginning to take off of wearing face masks in public. People wearing masks now is just not relevant. You don't need to be walking around with a mask right now. Masks, quite frankly, are more important for people who are infected to prevent them from infecting someone else. If you look at the masks that you buy in a drugstore, Fauci observed, the leakage around them doesn't really do much to protect you. People start saying, should I start wearing a mask? Now, in the United States, there is absolutely no reason whatsoever to wear a mask. Fauci reiterated his discouragement of the masks during an interview with 60 Minutes on March 8th. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. Wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. Wow, that sounds so much different than what he said later. Tony Fauci during the Ebola crisis, and I think he's probably the most reliable, credible person right now in the federal government. So I listen to everything he said. No, I didn't listen to anybody but Fauci. I'm a Fauci groupie. I'm a thrice vaccinated mask adherent. When Fauci spoke, people listened. Democrat Congressman Eric Swalwell quickly began parroting Fauci. Stop wearing face masks, he urged his constituents on Twitter. The Surgeon General of the United States followed suit. Seriously, people, Jerome Adams invade. Stop buying masks. Masks do not work for the general public in preventing them from getting coronavirus. Right, and elbow but then, a month later, something strange happened. They all changed their minds. On April 3rd, the Surgeon General encouraged people to wear cloth face coverings in public settings where other social distancing measures are difficult to maintain. What had changed? Surgeon General Adams couldn't quite say, explaining away the change of heart as simply data-driven. But I think on top of it, there's a moral reason that wearing a mask is our way of showing that we respect one another, that we care about one another. Swalwell reversed course too, as did Dr. Fauci. There should be universal wearing of masks. There should be the extent possible social distancing, avoiding crowds, Outdoors always better than indoors. And but the science and the data that Fauci and the others invoked to justify their reversal had not changed much over the intervening weeks. In fact, the CDC published a paper the following month 
declaring that more than a dozen randomized controlled trials of cloth masks did not support a substantial effect on transmission of viruses. Many months after that, still more studies raised serious doubts about the efficacy of masks in preventing coronavirus infection. Because your mask doesn't protect you, it protects me. I wear my mask to protect you. Mask up, America. As the United States closed in on the two-year anniversary of the beginning of the COVID pandemic, CNN medical analyst Liana Wen admitted on television that cloth masks are little more than facial decorations. There's no place for them in light of Omicron. We can leave it to more qualified experts to debate the medical efficacy of face coverings. That Dr. Fauci would publicly hold contradictory sides of an important issue in such a short period of time calls into serious question both his judgment and competence. But even more disturbing than his flip-flop, and even more relevant for our look into Fauci's ethics, is the reason he gave for the flip-flop. The critical issue was to save the masks for the people who really needed them, because it was felt that there was a shortage of masks. In other words, Fauci based his advice not on his scientific opinion, but on his political preferences. Fauci did in fact believe that the masks would provide protection to people in the middle of the outbreak. But he wanted to save the masks for healthcare workers. We were afraid that that would deter away from the people who really needed it. So he lied to the public about his actual views regarding the efficacy of masks. Then, when the much-feared mask shortage never materialized, Fauci flipped his position and told the public what he really thought, the deceit being a sort of noble lie for the greater good. According to Dr. Fauci, his desired ends justified his dishonest means. In Fauci's own telling, it was politics, not science, that dictated his early mask policy, just as it was politics that dictated so many of his positions over the years. No scientific breakthrough on the efficacy of face masks took place in the month between Fauci's first stance and his flip-flop. The only thing that changed was the politics, and yet, Fauci couldn't bring himself to admit it. For goodness sakes, I've never had any political ideology that I've made public. I'm really just talking to you about public health. When I'm telling you wear a mask, keep social distancing, avoid crowds, there's nothing political about that. That's a, that's a public health message that we know works. Whatever Dr. Fauci's expertise in epidemiology, with that exasperated plea, he proved he didn't understand the first thing about political philosophy. How could there be nothing political about public policy? Policy that affects hundreds of millions of people in the United States and many more around the world. I don't know what I'm saying that people don't get. This is not a joke and I am not kidding. The words public and political are synonyms. They mean the same thing. Public health has a scientific aspect, of course, but it has a political aspect, too. Dr. Fauci works for the government. His job is to craft government policy and make political decisions. He insists that what he does is merely push policies that work. But in order for something to work, it must have a purpose. A clock works when it tells time. A telephone works when it makes calls. And public policy works when it achieves its goals. But who determines what those goals should be? According to the traditional American concept of self-government, 
we the people determine those goals within the boundaries set by the Constitution. According to the newer, progressive conception of government, those goals are determined by a handful of largely unaccountable bureaucrats and scientific experts, whom the people are expected simply to follow. We can halt the chain of transmission. We can do something if we unify together. And we can halt this in just a matter of a couple of weeks. Many Americans have a natural affinity for self-government and a natural aversion to power-hungry bureaucrats. But there's another reason to distrust this top-down form of government, which Dr. Fauci illustrated again and again throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. One of the strongest arguments against an oligarchy of scientific experts is that the experts often aren't all that expert. Everyone remembers Dr. Fauci's flip-flop on the masks, but fewer people remember that he flipped on the issue not once, but twice. On January 25th, 2021, Dr. Fauci was asked whether people should consider wearing two masks at the same time to reduce their chances of being infected with COVID. Fauci responded in the affirmative. Do you believe that that's advisable and makes a difference? You know, it, it, it likely does because, I mean, this is a physical covering to prevent uh, uh, droplets and virus to get in. So if you have a physical covering with one layer, you put another layer on, it just makes common sense that it likely would be more effective. And that's the reason. Now, common sense is all well and good, but it isn't a particularly scientific term. And Fauci began to be criticized for making a scientific claim without any scientific evidence. So a week later, in yet another TV interview, Fauci reversed his position. There are many people who feel, you know, if you really want to have an extra little uh, bit of protection, maybe I should put two masks on. There's nothing wrong with that, but there's no data that indicates that that is going to make a difference. And that's the reason. Regardless of what one thinks about the masks, Fauci's constant flip-flopping did not instill confidence. And the contradictions extended far beyond the masks. In June of 2020, Fauci claimed to have been always saying that a respiratory illness like COVID-19 would be his worst nightmare. But if this sort of illness was always his worst nightmare, then how come he told the American public that the risk from the virus was minuscule just a few months earlier? The risk right now is really relatively low. How about lockdowns? On January 24th, 2020, Fauci was asked whether the United States would consider a lockdown policy to stop the spread of the virus. Fauci answered with an emphatic no. He considered it unthinkable. I don't think we possibly could do in the United States. I can't imagine shutting down New York or Los Angeles. The issue wasn't merely one of impracticability. Fauci also believed that lockdowns wouldn't serve any medical purpose. Historically, when you shut things down, it doesn't necessarily have a major effect. The dismissal of lockdowns was consistent with Dr. Fauci's earlier policy recommendations during the Ebola scare of 2014. Doing mandatory quarantines, good idea. We have to be careful that there are unintended consequences. There are other ways to protect. There's monitoring, okay. there's direct monitoring, there, there's active monitoring. We don't necessarily need to do that. So how did we end up with years-long lockdowns? Well, as usual, Fauci flip-flopped. By March of 2020, less than two months after dismissing the prospect of lockdowns, Fauci endorsed them. If you look at the curves 
of outbreaks. You know, they go big peaks and they come down. What we need to do is flatten that down. Flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. If we're able to flatten the curve. When you see that beautiful curve um, that you're trying to flatten all the time. The phrase flatten the curve. Flattening the curve. That curve is flattening because we are flattening. Fauci had embraced a doomsday prophecy of COVID death put together by Neil Ferguson, an epidemiologist at Imperial College London. The model predicted the imminent death of over 2 million Americans from the coronavirus. Soon, lockdowns swept the nation, with 43 out of 50 states issuing some form of shelter-in-place ordinances. The problem with Fauci's favored model is that it was completely bogus, as researchers discovered a couple of months later. According to one computer data modeling expert quoted in the Daily Telegraph, the model was a buggy mess that looks more like a bowl of angel hair pasta than a finely tuned piece of programming. Researchers at the University of Edinburgh attempted to replicate Ferguson's findings. Not only did the data give the team different results when they used different machines to replicate the model, the team got different results even when they used the same machines. As the researchers wrote, there appears to be a bug in either the creation or reuse of the network file. If we attempt two completely identical runs, only varying in that the second should use the network file produced by the first, the results are quite different. The negligence of Ferguson and of Fauci, who embraced the bogus model, was stunning. In the words of Oxford professor Michael Bonsall, models must be capable of passing the basic scientific test of producing the same results given the same initial set of parameters. Otherwise, there is simply no way of knowing whether they will be reliable. So on Fauci's recommendation, based on a worthless computer model, the United States went into lockdown for no reason, despite a substantial body of epidemiological literature that strongly condemned lockdowns. Now the latest CDC report shows higher numbers of people are in mental health crisis and thinking about suicide alongside the pandemic. Brown turned himself in on charges of unlawful assembly and violating public health emergency rules. Of the ISIS. mortuary service that they had uh, put together for friends and family had to be canceled. The only thing that we could offer them was a direct burial and a direct cremation with only one person in attendance. Hayden hanged himself in his room just days before his 13th birthday. I tried to save him and I failed, you know. Um, I wasn't able to, and it's, uh, it weighs heavy on me. Well, we were seeing the increased anxiety from the pandemic, and that was clear. He wanted to play football. He wanted to see hated online schooling. If my kids would love it, my, kid, my son hated it. The sheer incompetence would have justified Fauci's ouster from his perch of influence. Even if the policy had simply not helped, it is hard to imagine how the flub would not have justified Fauci's firing. But as research soon showed, the lockdowns did not merely not help. They actively harmed the public health. In early 2022, a meta-analysis of 34 qualified studies out of Johns Hopkins University concluded that the lockdowns had little to no effect on COVID-19 mortality, but imposed enormous economic and social costs and contributed to reducing economic activity, raising unemployment, reducing schooling, causing political unrest, contributing to domestic violence, and undermining liberal democracy. 
we look at uh, all the evidence and we find that the average lockdown in uh, in Europe and United States uh, only reduced mortality by 0.2%. So the predicted mass casualties never materialized. A U.S. Navy hospital ship sent to relieve overcrowded hospitals in New York ended up setting sail again after just one month, having served only 182 patients. An emergency hospital set up in Manhattan's Javits Center remained mostly empty. Yet despite such consistently wrong promises and predictions, the draconian public health measures remained in place. When we first closed, it didn't even enter our mind that we would be reopening. At first, Fauci opposed the lockdowns as impractical and ill-advised. Then, he endorsed 15 days of lockdowns to flatten the curve of the virus. These couple of weeks soon morphed into months, and even years. First to slow the spread, then to find a cure, then to take the jab, then back to stopping the surge after the vaccines failed to stop infection and transmission, and then, finally, they just simply continued. I believe we'll start to see much more being open about indoor situations, be they theaters, be they restaurants, be they schools, be they workplaces. (laughs) That doesn't mean that it's going to be exactly the way it was three or four years ago. It's not vaccines instead of masks. It's not vaccines instead of distancing. Do it all. The find a cure stage of the COVID response offers a telling look into Fauci's competence and ethics, since he appears to have gotten it wrong, sometimes wittingly, sometimes unwittingly, at each and every step of the way. In March of 2020, Dr. Fauci proclaimed that the development of a COVID vaccine is going to take a year and a year and a half at least. Pfizer identified a vaccine four months later, signed a contract for 100 million doses with the federal government later that month, and submitted the vaccine to the FDA for emergency authorization just four months after that. So much for at least a year to a year and a half away. And Dr. Fauci's misinformation regarding the vaccines and herd immunity only got worse from there. Throughout most of 2020, Dr. Fauci claimed that 60 to 70 percent of people would need to become immune to COVID, either through infection or vaccination, in order to reach herd immunity. Then in November, Fauci shifted that number up. The estimate is that you'll need about 70 percent, maybe 75 percent of the people in the country vaccinating. A month after that, Fauci exaggerated the number to between 75 and 80, 85 percent of the population. When called out on the inconsistency, Fauci admitted that he had no idea what the actual percentage necessary to attain herd immunity was. Why weren't you straight with the American people about this to begin with? No, actually, Dana, I don't think it could be interpreted as being straight or not. We have to realize that we have to be humble and realize what we don't know. He simply hoped to nudge more people into taking the vaccine by making up higher and higher numbers. Fauci seems to have justified this unscientific, not to mention unethical, approach to public health messaging on the grounds that the vaccine would stop the pandemic. According to Dr. Fauci, vaccinated people could not contract or spread COVID-19. So once enough people got the shot, COVID would be a thing of the past, as Fauci, along with CDC Director Rochelle Walensky and others, promised in interview 
after interview. The vaccines are highly effective. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. Everyone who takes the vaccine is not just protecting themselves, but reducing their transmission. Unfortunately, vaccinated people did, in fact, contract the coronavirus. At first, Fauci and the other public health authorities dismissed these infections as mere breakthrough cases. But eventually, so many cases broke through that they had to admit the truth. The vaccines did not stop infection or transmission. In fact, vaccinated people were observed to carry the same amount of virus as unvaccinated people. Our vaccines are working exceptionally well, but what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. We got vaccines that help you with your health, but they only slightly reduce the transmissions. Reports from our international colleagues suggest increased risk of severe disease amongst those vaccinated early. Given Fauci's befuddlement over how to stop the virus, it comes as no surprise that his narrative regarding the virus's origins soon fell apart too. In May of 2020, Dr. Fauci claimed in an interview with National Geographic that the virus could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. That is, the virus must have arisen totally in nature. In October of 2020, Dr. Fauci went even further that it would be molecularly impossible for COVID-19 to have leaked from a laboratory. The viruses that were discussed, including the viruses that Senator Paul mentioned, would be molecularly impossible to have resulted in SARS-CoV-2. Then, a trove of Dr. Fauci's personal emails later revealed that all the way back in January of 2020, a virologist from the Scripps Research Institute emailed Fauci to inform him that some of the virus's features looked engineered, that the genome is inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory, meaning that a natural origin of the virus seemed implausible. As the evidence pointing to a laboratory origin of the virus continued to mount, in May of 2021, Fauci finally flip-flopped on his claims of a natural origin. When asked by Katie Sanders of PolitiFact whether he remained confident that it developed naturally, Fauci responded, No, I'm not convinced uh, about that. I think that, that same month, Fauci refused to rule out a laboratory origin of the virus during Senate testimony. When asked by Senator Rand Paul, Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? Fauci responded, I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. As we outlined in the second part of this series, Fauci's agency did, in fact, fund gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute. We have the grant approval documents to prove it. But more relevant to this discussion is Fauci's shift on COVID's origins. First, he claimed a laboratory origin was molecularly impossible. Then he was not convinced it didn't originate in a lab. Then he did not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done and therefore favored further investigation of what went on in China. Then 
just a couple weeks after casting doubt on the virus's natural origin, he flip-flopped again, telling CBS News that he remained confident that COVID-19 developed naturally. If you said, I think it's possible that COVID-19 came from a lab, you'd be banned from many social media platforms. Now that's on the cover of Newsweek. The deceits, the feints, the plain old mistakes of America's highest paid federal employee are dizzying. The confusion appears almost to be by design, a political strategy of obfuscation, whereby Dr. Fauci can never be proven right or wrong because he's held every side of every question, a strategy aided by institutional support at the NIH which has stopped responding to our producers' requests for documents. Support in the media, through which Fauci dated his finely tuned public persona. And support throughout the political establishment, which has backed the charming and disarming bureaucrat at every turn. The major platforms uh, have a responsibility uh, related to the health and safety of all Americans oh, uh, to stop amplifying untrustworthy no. content. People who feel differently, who have conspiracy theories, who deny reality that's looking them straight in the eye, those are people that don't particularly care for me. And sometimes the truth becomes inconvenient for some people, so they react against me. For nearly 40 years, Anthony Fauci has managed to stay one step ahead of his critics. Don't you think it's time that you step down, Alex? Tony Fauci does not mind going on television in front of the people who pay his salary and lie directly into the camera. Flitting from failure to failure, all the while growing his fame, wealth, and power. When asked if she could imagine any circumstance in which Joe Biden, the seventh president under which Fauci has held power, would fire the public health guru, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki responded flatly, no. During his time as a public servant, Fauci has amassed a fortune, at least $10.4 million as of 2022, according to financial disclosures. And he has become a household name, a ubiquitous presence on television news shows. And to the real Dr. Fauci, thank you for your calm and your clarity in this unnerving time. The best scientists may stay in the labs, the best politicians end up in government. And the best politicians of all rule without their subjects even noticing. With more eyes than ever on Dr. Fauci, his four-decade reign at the top of America's public health hierarchy may be coming to an end. But if past is precedent, Fauci may outfox his opponents yet again. The idea that you can get up here and talk about what you know, what the evidence, what the science is, and know that's it. Let the science speak. It is somewhat of a liberating feeling. Thank you, Dr. Fauci, so much for joining us. We really appreciate it, and we'll have him back again. Fauci's mansion. <laughs> Man.
you remember what it was like to have a press secretary who like could complete full sentences and give you a, at least a complete lie? Vaguely. Jeez. Only because uh, Kaylee McEnany's a Fox News contributor now, so I see her on like shows occasionally. I knew you were a fucking Tucker lover. I'm not a Tucker lover. I just catch I think, the video. I think you are. You, you watch them on Fox. You watch Fox all the time. I'm just when fucking they with you, Rob. Or you are on YouTube or on Facebook. So do we want to catch uh, the fight isn't over, the epilogue? Sure. All right. So this is, a, this is the last part. I don't think it's very long, but it's the fight is over, isn't over <clears throat> by Michael Knowles. And here we go. All right. Thank you. Still live, Brian? Short series on Dr. Fauci. It seemed like for two years, things have just only gone from bad to worse. And no matter what we try to do to dislodge this guy from power, nothing seems to work. He's just this ubiquitous presence anywhere. So now, as we approach the two-year anniversary of two weeks to slow the spread, as we now release this short series. I wanted to give you just a little bit of an update because I think there is a glimmer of hope and I think there is good news on the horizon. For starters, we've got him on the run, okay? We've been talking about this for a long time, shining light on Dr. Fauci. This series is now coming out and Dr. Fauci has gone. I think he's in witness protection somewhere. The man who, it was often said that the most dangerous place in Washington was between Fauci and a TV camera. Well, now he's just disappeared overnight. Why is that? It's because this is a midterm election year. Dr. Fauci is not playing well for Democrats. Actually, he and his entire public health apparatus and the two years of lockdowns and the two years of just constant upending of our lives. It's really not playing well. And so they've yanked him and they've, they've basically put the guy underground and he's no longer appearing anywhere. And they think that they're just going to get away with it. That's some of the good news. The bad news is the whole infrastructure that he built up is still in place. The whole infrastructure of the last two years that let them shut down our country, that let them keep you out of school, that let them keep you away from your job, that wouldn't let you have funerals, that wouldn't let you have weddings, that wouldn't let you do anything that you ordinarily would do in this country, that is still in place. The the airline mask mandate, to use just one example, they're still not getting rid of that. They're going to extend that by another month. Well, after two weeks to slow the spread, I think we all know a month is not something that we can rely upon. The national emergency, the House and the Senate have signaled that they want to end the national emergency for COVID-19. Biden said he's going to veto that. Absolutely no way is he going to give up that power. The entire institutional apparatus is still in place, and Dr. Fauci is biding his time. There are a lot of people, I'm thinking notably of Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, but others as well who say this is a fake out. They are just going to soft pedal COVID, soft pedal this public health tyranny until the midterm elections. Once they get past that, they're going to bring it all up again. So what can we do about it? The other day on my show, now I say the other day, it was actually months ago, I mentioned offhandedly, this is a midterm election year. I will not vote for any candidate for federal office who does not investigate Dr. Fauci and to defund his salary. Maybe the Congress can't fire him. Maybe that's the prerogative of the executive branch, but they can at least defund his salary. And I mentioned this offhand and I just went on with my show. A congressional candidate 
in North Carolina messaged me. He said, Michael, I heard the show. This is a great idea. I am writing this up as the Michael Knowles Public Health Protection Pledge. I am signing on to this, and I'm encouraging other candidates to sign on as well. I said, that sounds wonderful. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Next thing I know, dozens of candidates, sitting members of Congress, have signed on to this pledge. The next thing I know after that, a sitting member of the House of Representatives introduced my pledge as an official House resolution, which means that it can now get co-sponsors. You can get members on the record to take this guy out of his position of power. And then just this week, as we approach the two-year anniversary, Senator Rand Paul has introduced an amendment to not only get rid of Dr. Fauci and take away his funding, but actually to abolish his office entirely. There is momentum on our side here, okay? And this is not just a once-in-a-year opportunity or a once-in-a-couple-of-years opportunity or a once-in-a-two-weeks-to-slow-the-spread opportunity. This is a once-in-a-generation <laughs> opportunity to take power back for the American people, to take our way of life back that has been so destroyed over the last two years, mostly because of this one guy and because of the power structures that he has built up. Do not let this opportunity get away. Please share this message, share this information, call your congressman, call your senator, call the candidates who you see running around the country and demand that we do not let this opportunity slip through our fingers and we can have the country that we love and the way of life that we love and the liberties that we once enjoyed so that we can have them again and have them for future generations. Thank you very much. Boom. Yeah, I thought it was... I thought it was really clear that they were trying to pull the same crap with uh, monkeypox, but it just didn't take. Yeah, they tried. Yeah, and that's and that's why they were completely denying that it was just a gay STD. Dude, that was that was hilarious watching Brian just wake up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, how far did you make it, B? Because I I noticed you didn't take part in the last little uh, conversational. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, not too far Dude, I, I feel you, man I'm like, I, I'm right You know me, I'm running like the same kind of days you are So <laughs> like, Three hours of sleep here, an hour there and... Yeah, exactly And then today's gonna be a Rough one Because I gotta do all that stuff And then like, as soon as I get my change My car changed out tomorrow Then I'm gonna be, uh Going to the airport and picking up my bag has finally arrived. Finally, uh, for, all of, for all of our uh, listeners and viewers, do not take Air Canada anywhere unless Air Canada decides uh-huh. to us, and then, then then I might change my endorsement, you know, Fauci style. Mm. Uh-huh. Flip flopping. Yep, I, I, I might flip flop if they decide to sponsor our show, but uh, <laughs> otherwise, dude, they costed me like an extra thousand bucks. They got me stuck for 27 hours in Toronto. They lost my bag. They tried to send me on a literally illegal uh, connection, and then they blamed it on me. But like, they knew that like only citizens of the country they had me connecting in would be able to uh, do a layover there overnight. Yet they sold me an overnight layover there. So I ended up having to buy a last minute ticket to yeah. uh, Manila. So I ended up like stuck and it wiped out like it was so expensive. It wiped out like half my budget. 
for my whole trip in one yeah, that's crazy. So like, yeah, don't don't air Canada. Don't do that. But I am finally getting my bag back. Crazy stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. Um, so I I also had like an I had an interesting perspective on it on uh the whole uh Baltimore or the the whole uh Baltimore virus because uh, you know I I was in uh the Philippines when the whole virus started breaking out and like had to hurry up and jet out of there because they were starting to lock down the country and <laughs> barely barely made it back and got here and Texas did their like two or three week lockdown before they're like ah fuck this bullshit yeah yeah um yeah that was that was the really nice part about being in Texas is that shit did not last long at all some judge down here kept trying to like push band-aids like dude like judges don't like make policy what is going on here anyway um it was just funny to watch up here in uh, up here in Washington because Inslee's such a freaking idiot. He just does whatever the the left tells him. So you have all the masks, the lockdowns, the no schools, the everything going on. And the whole time I'm going, you know, there's no point to masks. They don't seal around your face. You unless it's N95 rated and you know what you're doing when you use it. There's no point to the mask. Hey, let me tell you something. You know, I knew masks didn't work before, even before they even started this. Look, oh, yeah. When I was in the military, you see this stubble right here that I have? <laughs> Couldn't wear it. You know why they make you shave in the military? Like, you can have a mustache, but you can have a mustache for, for one reason it will not seal your protective mask, yeah, which protects seal. you from nuclear, biological, or chemical warfare. You have <laughs> to have a seal so that you don't get into the respiratory system yeah oh so, i had enough of a medical background yeah. with my emt certification and ett and all everything i did through high school and into college so i i, I knew right away and it was funny watching because you know when when china was trying to buy all the masks they were n95 rated is what they were buying because china knew that to stop the virus it needs it needs a filtration of n95 or better and it was funny when we were buying masks all the chinese i knew were kind of like why why is everyone buying those pieces of cloth they don't do anything for the virus it's like uh yeah i know but everyone's panicked it makes them feel better and they're <laughs> and they're mandating that you have at least a mask well and, and, then the, and then the thing we're not gonna say that uh you know face coverings you know we're not we're not gonna go all the way there but I will point out that if you're wearing an N95 mask and you touch it, yeah, it's yeah. now toast. Yeah. That's why, like I said, unless you know how you're using it and handling the mask, it makes no sense. Yeah. yeah right? so, you have to be able to wear it correctly. You know, and uh, everybody says that, you know, the all the states locked up, you know, but they're forgetting about what North Dakota, where Christy Nome didn't lock down at all. And she got oh, yeah. so much shit for it. Yeah. And look, look at her state. She had some of the lowest numbers. Yeah. Yeah. This, I'm like, yeah. Everybody's giving Bron DeSantis, you know, this this big old praise because he only clo he closed down for what two, three weeks, which is fine. 
but they're acting like he's the only person that did it. Like today I was watching on the Matt Walsh show and he was saying yeah, Abbott was the same. Matt Walsh was saying that everybody closed on us. No, Christy Noam didn't. She didn't. She yeah. said we're in North Dakota and we we like to hunt. So that's what we're gonna be doing during this pandemic. We spread out and take care of our own. In South Dakota too. I'm I'm not like, sure. I'm not I, sure. I know Christy Nome was I'm the one. I think in that whole section, like uh, Idaho, well, maybe not Idaho, but Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota. I don't think any of those three lockdowns. Well, is it Nome South? Nome South Dakota. Is she South Dakota? Yeah, yeah I knew it was South one Dakota. of them. Yeah, she's South Dakota. But, she's uh, in Dakota. Yeah, she's South Dakota, but uh, no, she she had said I'm not gonna. Jealous. She had said I'm not gonna require anything. This is what they recommend. This is you. You were all adults here. If you if that makes you feel safer, then that's what you should do. But I'm not gonna require that you stay six feet away from everyone. You wear masks. You don't leave the house. So I'm not gonna require it. We're adults. This is the information we have. Do what you want to do. Yeah, and they certainly shouldn't have been arresting pastors for conducting oh, yeah. church services. I mean, yeah, this well, come on, guys, and leaving strip crazy. clubs and bars open. Right, here's crazy. Literally, last week while I was there, or two weeks ago while I was there, the Philippines just dropped their mask mandates. Yeah, that's ridiculous. The only that's place ridiculous. They, they are still required on mass transit, and that's it. Yeah. I'm just waiting for you to start requiring it here. Some of the videos early in the pandemic, they ended up getting pulled pretty quick. But if people like spray, spraying, uh, uh, like hairspray through uh, the mask and like lighting it on fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool, but because of the point that they were making, those videos kept getting pulled. But it was yeah. like funny when you came across one. Right. Like, well, the I mean, they'd even be saying, look how great the masks were. Masks are awesome. Make sure you wear your mask. Meanwhile, they're like, like making a blowtorch through a mask. Right. Yeah. But you could, I mean, you could with, smoke with a the, cigarette. With the idea being that the molecules are bigger than a virus. You could smoke yeah. a cigarette through a mask. If you can do that, then, well, that's like when the fires well, happened in California and they were like, they were saying, uh, don't wear your masks because they don't work. You're still going to get smoke inhalation. Yeah. I'm like, you fucking morons. The virus particles well, are smaller than, than smoke particles. What the? F- you guys it's, interesting when the it's interesting when uh, the uh, the one study came out of John Hopkins University showing that showing the efficiency of masks and what they actually do and how the biggest thing was if you if you're wearing a cloth mask if you're wearing a bandana don't especially if it's made out of cotton because unless it has some kind of filtration on it it spreads the virus even more than wearing nothing because when you when you breathe or cough yeah it splits the the molecules into smaller pieces and causes it to fly further so it spreads the virus easier if you're wearing cotton so the fact Dude, that I they still, never I still they never jumped here. on that yeah I, 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 I still see leftist lemmings here wearing neck gaiters and it's like um yeah really dude i still say a, a guy that i work with his wife she has lupus so she got sick and her doctor told her to test for the coronavirus and i'm like yeah okay well 
he came into work the next day because yesterday he had to leave early to go take care of his daughter while his wife was sick or ill yeah. or whatever. He comes back today, you know, and I'm sitting there, I see him and he's not wearing a mask or anything. But when he walked into parts, he had to wear a mask. And I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, well, they said that they want me to wear a mask, you know, because my wife testified. I'm like, dude, that is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever. And I'm like, dude, you know what? I'm yeah. just going to. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. But like, he's like, dude, I think it's stupid too. And so when he was out in the shop, he wouldn't wear it, which was cool. Well, like, fuck good. I don't like being around a bunch of fucking retards, but anyways, but they don't, they never said anything about the bacteria that grows in those masks too. You're having kids or even you are wearing a mask for eight hours a day. And like you said, you're touching it. You're always touching. It. You got to touch it to move it down so you could take a drink or eat something like well it makes it like, worse it makes it more likely oh wait wait wait, exactly. wait wait the best one was in the restaurants okay oh yeah oh i know as long I as used you're to laugh. down no spread yeah because the, <laughs> I used the to, virus is I, so smart when we'd go out to restaurants i would i would make make a point of a little louder saying oh wait jerry esther we're sitting at the table so we're in our little force field here we can take our masks off now because we're safe at the table yeah, yeah. <laughs> covid knows not to come over here yeah, yeah, I, I would know. do this i would do but, the same but shit but don't stand up before you put it back on right. yeah i know i know i go okay we're getting up we're leaving the force field now we better put our masks back on it's like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, guys. Oh, and then when the leftists hear you, they go, <gasps> oh my God. Well, I had one guy, I was in Lowe's and, and it was earlier on and I didn't have a mask on. And I went over and took something off the shelf and his kid came out from behind him and he was like, you're this fucking motherfucker who doesn't know shit. He just doesn't care about anyone else but himself. Not, I'm like, wow. I just laughed. I just laughed and walked away. I'm just like, dude, you, you know what? Know <laughs> In like 15 years, I don't think I've ever heard Brian cuss, and he's cussed on the last two shows. Yeah, I know. I'm just like I said. I was saying what somebody had said, and it was just like, oh my. Yeah, gosh, but last dude, time you like, you know last time you got loose. What 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 was it you were cussing about? Like you were got you were cutting loose because you were pissed. Oh, uh, what was it last time? The the sex. I couldn't get. The, uh, what was it? The sex, oh, uh, sex trafficking. Yeah, sex trafficking. Biden. Yeah, that didn't make me cuss too. Biden. Yeah. <laughs> well, anything will make you cuss, Rob. So. <laughs> Rob, Rob's in a good mood and happy, and he throws out some curses. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think Brian's. People with higher IQs tend to swear a lot for emphasis. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know agree. about that. I think no, that would... that was actually a study that was done, and they actually found like people. Yeah, it was a what BS study? study? Cite the study. No, I, I've I've heard the BS oh. study too. It was a bunch yeah. of BS, but yeah. I did see the study thrown out there because it was a, by a bunch of scientists who actually liked to curse, so they threw out a study that they created showing that oh, that we're more intelligent because we curse. Yeah. <laughs> that's like saying that the Irish were smart until they started. Hey, like, I mean, drinking that's whiskey. how they got. That's how they got the the study results. That, I think. Uh, I think you sound much more intelligent when you use the like the word fornicate instead of the word. <laughs> that, that means that's that means 
That means you got a a, a bigger vocabulary. Oh, have, you, have you guys that's seen the video? Fox, that's that, how they got the, the math the, studies. Yeah. Have you guys seen the video, the origins of the word fuck? <laughs> uh, I know. I in, think I've seen it, but it's in France, it means, or in uh, Canada, it means something else. I can't remember what it is. Hold yeah. on, I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you this link to pull up, Brad. <laughs> Dude, this is like the greatest video ever. <laughs> it just cracks me up when I saw the study on cursing. It's like, oh, seriously? Oh, if you're more intelligent, you tend to curse. It's like, uh, <laughs> if you're, <laughs> yeah. it's just, if you enjoy cursing and you're intelligent, you're going to make a study that shows, hey, I'm more intelligent because I curse. <laughs> An investigation is underway now. Greens Farms Academy in Westport after a faculty member there was caught on camera making inappropriate comments about students. NBC Connecticut is not showing the video or naming the employee at this time because no charges have been filed. The school released a statement, though, that reads in part, the employee this has been on leave and we will be promptly investigating the matter and taking appropriate action. That was weird. Okay. Okay. What was that supposed to show? <laughs> that was a project veritas release i thought that was supposed to be the origins of the fu <laughs> no this is me uh, here um yeah rob rob hasn't sent it to me yet apparently his <laughs> iq is smaller than uh his vocabulary <laughs> eat a dick <laughs> uh, okay pastor yeah, Pastor Rob here. Past the the cursing Pastor Rob. Isn't is isn't Dick like in Britain like a ice cream or of some sort or a dessert? I don't know, but it is. Uh, spotted uh, Dick. You know, spotted yeah, Dick. spotted Dick. Yeah, it's also a bird. Yeah, no, it's uh, what is? It? I've never had spotted Dick, but I think it. I think you're right. It's a dessert or something. It's it's a British thing. <laughs> I have a spotted right. dick. Matt, I see you the video. Go ahead and play it. So this this one's gonna be uh uh the, the this episode is gonna be titled uh Lord Fauci and the origins of the word fuck. <laughs> nice. Huh? What did you send it to me an email or something? Yeah, I replied to the link. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw. So let's see. We got... Yeah. All of them? Is that it? No. So, so I got 2,000. We are still recording, aren't we? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, Just okay, make it sure. 14. So that's the bottom two. Fifteen oh six. Oh. 730. Hey, one more. Yeah, been 16. Do, 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 do. Get that video yet? I'm trying. <laughs> You're trying to load it or or did you actually not even receive it yet? Get to my Gmail. <laughs> so Rob, did you learn a lot about uh anything new about Fauci or what? 
Um, yeah, not really. I, I the only stuff I learned about him was uh, how deep his involvement was with uh, AIDS the buckle. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think all three of us really already know quite a bit about about the idiot Fauci. Uh, I just, I don't think any of us really understood how deep he went into AIDS. Right. Because we were all kids at that time. I mean, I'm the oldest and and I'm only 47, so. <laughs> but he is just, I, I don't know. I mean, I was okay with him when he first started talking because he was, he actually made sense when he was saying masks make no sense. There's no point at this point of, of people wearing masks. But then when he went, started going into a couple of weeks later of, oh, we need to wear masks. Everybody should be wearing masks. Then, oh, well, you should be wearing two masks and three masks and, and you know, all this stuff. It was just like, dude, you're a scientist. How can you be being someone who has a little bit of a medical background, like I was saying? I was like, how could you be saying this? You're a, you're supposed to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's doctor. He's doctor dumbass. Did you where? Did you get that video? I'm trying well, to pull up my email. And oh. getting rid of and getting and blowing everybody else off who came up with anything with the uh, alternatives, like taking oh. different vitamins, taking uh, what was my sister had sent me some uh, drugs you're supposed to take if you're as soon as as soon as you find out you have it uh, uh, with vitamin C and vitamin D as well. But it was just, zinc. I can't remember the name of the drug right now. No, you take zinc and, and some other vitamins plus this Z other drug you're supposed to take. Zithromycin? Uh, uh, them, uh, oh, I, hydroxychloroquine. Hydroxychloroquine. Don't say that. You're trying to get us kicked off YouTube. <laughs> well, ivermectin, too. Yeah. Um, Whether you believe it works or not, but the point is they weren't even willing no, to talk so, about it. Okay, so actually, so there was actually a study, and then if you kind of yeah. think about the way the way the pandemic was hitting, the there's yeah. a, a study of the linkage to vitamin D deficiency. Because what were the hardest, uh, what were the high hardest oh, yeah, affected was. groups? Hold on. What were the hardest infected groups? From the pandemic, elderly Old people, yeah. Old people yeah. and, and the immunocompromised. The right. people okay. we said from so, their earliest okay. phases. You aside should, you from immunocompromised, okay. Hold on a second. So yeah. aside from oh. immunocompromised, you got old people who have vitamin D deficiency because their body no longer synthesizes and they don't spend much time in sunlight. Then yeah. you had then you had uh, African American people who have vitamin D deficiency because the melanin yeah. in the skin slows down the uh efficiency then yep. you had <laughs> actually probably second after the elderly was fat people well vitamin d is fat soluble so like 90 yeah. percent of the vitamin d that their body produces gets stuck in the fat and that's doesn't get into their bloodstream yeah and hey, then, what should you say uh, about fat people there rob <laughs> what i got a lot of fat too. <laughs> yeah right. are you Not saying are you saying you're us. fat brian uh, we've said it a few times. Don't be, don't be so hard you, on yourself. You consider six foot and 380 pounds fat. <laughs> we call him tons of fun. Yeah. <laughs> fun size, Bri. <laughs> Which is funny because anybody who knows me is like, how are you such a big guy? You eat almost nothing. It's like, well, yeah, but look at what I eat. I mean, I don't like a lot of shit. 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, he's he's like scarfing down. It, it seems scarfing like you down. do like a lot of shit, and that's why you're overweight. Yeah, I don't eat much. I eat very no, little. He doesn't. He doesn't eat much, but he'll like eat five ounces of something that has six thousand calories in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like like sausages and stuff like sausages, patties. Uh, I like some Mexican, Italian, high calorie, all American of it. stuff. No, and I, I've always said that. Oh, I eat trash too. I'm not. I'm not talking shit about it. Like that's the reason I have now a my, belly. Soda and I drink. Yeah, and my, I eat. my sister and uh, brother-in-law have been doing this bright line diet stuff, where you cut out all sugars and flour out of your diet. Wait, can I can I send you the link here in Zoom? Will that help? I don't know. Can you? I've got it on my phone, but my computer's being fucking stupid. Well, why don't you just share your own screen, Rob? You can share your own screen. I think I have to give him permission. Uh, yeah, and then I'm, I'm on my phone anyway, so. Can you pull up YouTube? Class stuff, so. Uh, if you can pull up the YouTube. Just look, uh, let's see. The title of the video is. Oh, I've got it right here on my phone. Well, there you go. History of the word. Oh, fuck. The history of words. History of words. Fuck. Yeah. But, you know, one of the biggest things from this election, I'm amazed, is that the Republicans didn't push us all the harm it for two years and and the harm it did to everyone else through suicides and everything else from all these lockdowns that were i mean it just and all the people that voted these governors and other people in that push this of locking down everything to our to our next generation i mean you're Wow. Is that me having that bad a signal or is that Brian? I think that's Brian. Damn, B, get out of the tunnel. <laughs> You're seeing the, the minority kids. Bro, we we lost all of that. You were like, bah, 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 and then gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, as soon as you said pushing the neuro, oh, your bandwidth is low, is what it's telling me. Yeah. <laughs> This says Brian Gill's network bandwidth is low. Yeah, I thought Oof. I thought it was me. I thought it was me because like we have the storm going on here right now. So like yeah, it's pretty it's pretty uh lousy signal here. So I thought I was just hearing it bad because my signal was bad. Dude, I thought it was me. Was like, so were you able to get that video? Like the greatest video of all time about a word? Hold on. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, sometime this year. <laughs> oh, look who's back. Dude, like everything you were saying got fucking lost there, man. I heard you. I heard you the first time. Okay, well, how are we supposed to know you could hear us when <laughs> we couldn't hear you because you sounded like you were fucking a robot? <laughs> well, maybe I was. All right. I mean, Rob, Rob screwing donkeys. Why can't I screw a robot? Uh, no, what the <laughs> hell are you talking? 
talking about? Bestiality is very clearly a sin, okay? Robin is donkey so, shit. While you get why you give me a lot of shit about, about swearing, we've had the conversation. I know we're not there in the Bible Bible study podcast yet, but we've had conversations <laughs> about the passages we're for referring to uh swearing and the intent behind the swearing. Uh, hey, to me it's it's words. I mean it it only it only has the power that you give it. So yeah, well, I mean the the intent behind the words, if your intent is to destroy somebody. Yeah. Or to cause harm, then it's by all means uh, a well, sinful act. Rob, well, but the word I could say, itself, Rob, you are the most handsome. You're the most handsome, charming guy I've ever known in my life. And if I'm, if I'm throwing some different intent behind it, I could, I could be burning in hell. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it doesn't have the same meanings. I didn't mean for it to mean that. I meant for it to mean right. this. Well, like somebody the other day called me a motherfucker. I'm just like. Am I supposed to be uh, insulted? Yeah. She's hot. <laughs> uh, uh, Duh. Yeah, my my wife is extremely hot. Damn right, I'm a MF. <laughs> okay, now he won't cut. But he said damn. He said MF, oh, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but he said damn right, I'm going to cuss. <laughs> Jesus Christ is my Lord. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Using the Lord's name in vain. How could you? So are we pulling up this video or are we, are we moving on? I, I said Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. That is what uh, I said. I didn't catch that. Are we pulling up this? Yeah, are we up this my, video computer's, or are we my computer's being as stupid as your bandwidth. Well, that's what happens when you're driving yeah, you next to Lake. On, that's what happens when you're driving next to Lake Whatcom. When you're driving next to what? Wacko? Waka Waco? Lake Watcom. Lake Watcom. Huge, huge lake. Very big lake. Watcom? I, 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 I don't want to know what you got going on about come what? Lake Watcom. What? Okay, you right. trying to pull up the video right now? Is that what you're doing? It's thinking about it. Oh boy. What the hell is going on? Oh, God, I pushed the wrong button. That's what it was. Okay, there we go. Some big corporations sponsor our show so we can get Brad a better computer. <laughs> I think Dell and There it is. Perhaps one of the most interesting words in the English language today is the word. Fuck. Out of all. Oh, what happened? I paused it. You said it was loud. Oh, it was pretty loud. All of the English words that begin with the letter F, fuck is the only word that is referred to as the F word. It's the one magical word. Just by its sound can describe pain, pleasure, hate, and love. Fuck, as most words in the English language, is derived from German, the word fricken, which means to strike. In English, fuck falls into many grammatical categories, <laughs> as a transitive verb, for instance. John fucked Shirley. <laughs> as an intransitive verb, Shirley fucks. Its meaning's not always sexual. It can be used as an adjective, such as, John's doing all the fucking work. As part of an <laughs> adverb, 
Shirley talks too fucking much. <laughs> As an adverb enhancing an adjective, Shirley is fucking beautiful. As a noun, I don't give a fuck. As part of a word, abso-fucking-lutely, or in-fucking-credible. And, as almost every word in a sentence, fuck the fucking fuckers. As you must realize, there aren't too many words with the versatility of fuck. As in these examples, describing situations such as fraud, I got fucked at the used car lot. <laughs> Dismay, aw, oh, fuck it. Trouble, I guess I'm really fucked now. Aggression. Don't fuck with me, buddy. Difficulty. I don't understand this fucking question. Inquiry. Who the fuck was that? Dissatisfaction. I don't like what the fuck is going on here. <laughs> Incompetence. He's a fuck off. Dismissal. Why don't you watch right and hide and go fuck yourself? I'm sure you can think of many more examples. With all of these multi-purpose applications, how can anyone be offended when you use the word? We say use this unique, flexible word more often in your daily speech. It will identify the quality of your character immediately. Say it loudly and proudly. Fuck you! Classic. That was great. Sure. Was that an awesome video or what? What? Oh, wonderful. It's an awesome video, right? Yeah, it was wonderful. Dude, I swear they got that from George Carlin, though. A lot of that shit sound like fucking George Carlin. I like his band words. All right. Well, Fauci and the coronavirus suck ass, so that was the whole point yep. of this episode. Hey guys, Lord 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 Lord, Lord Forqua and the uh Voldemort virus, yeah, they both sucked ass. Guys, so, if you love our content and you love what we're doing here, like, share, subscribe, hit that alarm bell, click all notifications, comment, email us. Rob, give them the email address. It is O-T-R-R-V-L at Yahoo. O-T-R-R-V-L at Yahoo. That's off the rails right versus left. O-T-R-R-V-L at Yahoo.com. Right on. Yeah, so I think Michael Knowles, Knowles has the right idea and with the Congress people that signed up for uh, defunding Fauci. Well, you know, Chris, as right it started on becoming... And did you notice as it started becoming more and more clear that uh, Republicans should be taking the House? Uh, Fauci announced his retirement. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they call that running like a scared bitch, don't they? Yeah, I don't think that's going to save him. At least I hope <laughs> it doesn't. Well, well. We, we need tribunals, man. I'm down for it. Like we need Nuremberg 2.0. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I think the WEF was behind all of it. But anyway, what's gonna happen when you two guys end up getting some fucking heart disease? What from getting vaccinated? I didn't say that, but you know where I was going. So yeah. 
I, I got vaccinated because I knew they were going to require it for travel. So I didn't even think about the consequences because there was more important things to me than that at the time. Like huh, I, I, my I, 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 I looked at I looked at the research on the MR, mRNA development that they had been working on ever since uh, uh, the original SARS outbreak, and like I, I just figured like I. I I'm going to die of lung cancer anyways. I've been smoking for <laughs> 20 years. I don't think anything's going to like, oh, almost 30 years. So I don't think anything's going to uh, rob uh, father cancer of uh, my life. So, you know. Yeah, I was already 40, 46, 45, 46. And I figured I'd lived a good life. It made my wife happy. And, uh, you know, she's Chinese. So she, she just, she heard everything and goes, Oh, you need it. You need it. And made her feel safe. So I got it, but I did convince her not to do the kids. So, well, that's good. Yeah. I, I said, I will not. Way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's an, yeah, it's an good. older disease. It's an older disease. There's no point in taking the risk with the kids who are six years old. Okay. Oh, slow down, slow down, tough. slow down, slow down, slow your roll. We Go all ahead, know who should and should not have been vaccinated. That's all we'll say. They shouldn't. The, the whole point is let them build their immune system, right? That's why we got chicken pox when we were kids. Well, it's an older disease. Yeah, intentionally. That's why if one, one person in your uh, circle of friends gets uh, chicken pox, they used pox, to have chicken pox like, your, your mom yeah. would send you over to stay the night. But now they, they don't do that because they got a vaccine for the chicken pox, which pissed me off. I, like, I want my kids to experience that shit. I had to. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we used, we used to have chicken pox parties when we were kids. Oh yeah, Freddie has chicken pox. Get all the kids together. Let's go get them. <laughs> well, because like, as, why am I going over there? An, He's sick. That's exactly why you're going over there. Well, because when we, if you got his kids, ninety nine percent of the time it was just <laughs> na- just you know irritating and rash and itchy. But if you got it when you're an adult, no, it's it was way deadly. worse. It was deadly. You could yeah. die from it. So they want you to get it as a kid. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had a little COVID sneeze going here. No, just kidding. But I did tell you guys my daughter has COVID right now, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, she's in rough shape, like coughing up blood and all that. Yeah, with her with her issues, I yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Anyway, well, you guys, it was a good show. Revelers, thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like. Make sure you uh, uh, follow us, share us, uh, help us grow, help us grow our reach. We're really happy that we're starting to get some subscribers now. Um, our watch time is incredible. Like, I, 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 it's it's awesome to me that like 500 people a week are allowed, are are watching our show now and. Like when you spread it out to the other platforms, it's even higher. Um, so just like thank you guys for joining us. Not really doing a wrap up today because like all of our opinions are very clear. <laughs> like Fauci's a dumbass. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, thanks for joining us. Do you guys have anything uh, you want to say as a, a sign off? No, you guys just stay cool. Thanks for watching us. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Uh, get get our word out there. Spread our content. I I think the biggest lesson that comes away from all everything that's happened over the last two years is don't necessarily believe 
something that, you know, something just because somebody who is supposed to be an expert says it, do some research and look into it and look for alternatives. I mean, that's everything that somebody says. You, you should always look for backing backup information. It shouldn't yeah. should be all so-and-so said it, so it's true. It, it should be multiple sources. Absolutely. Yeah. Follow the science. Don't just say follow the science. Have yeah. a good night, everybody. <laughs> RBL signing off. Later. Later.